Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. Got Max and uh, David has made a triumphant return despite uh, spending all weekend moving. So be kind to him, everyone. Please be kind to him. I am very brutal at the moment. <laughs> uh, so, um, so guys, we're uh, we actually feel good after an away match, which mm. is which is new. Um, <laughs> uh, we 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 all sort of figured we were going to play well, um, but uh, it was it's such a strange match, and we will uh, we'll have to get into that in a little while. Um, but uh, just to sum up everything for the podcasters out there, we got a jam packed show, so uh, we want to launch into it as quickly as possible. Uh, we're going to begin by talking about Edwards' instant match reaction because he was there, he got a little video, and that little video did pretty well. And it's mainly because of the Jink Tosun supporters that are out there. They're great. <laughs> so there's that. Um, so and then we'll we'll uh, plow into our Stoke uh, Stoke match reaction. Just give our thoughts, and then we'll we'll actually talk. We'll directly address the Jink Tosun Besiktas Turkish football Everton phenomenon. You know, we're trying to analyze this, try to figure out how it works because. Does does England have anything like that? Does America have anything like that? Have we seen anything like this before? It's just new for us. Uh, then we'll talk a, a little bit about Fonseca. More stories about him out there. Will he be the next manager of Everton? We don't know. Uh, but there's a little story. We'll give a little, a little bit of attention. Uh, then we'll do a, a Remember Me. We'll do it on Landon Donovan. Because uh, despite the fact that we don't get to see... A lot of U.S. national teams player, play, national team players playing this summer. We at least can talk about them, and I'll I'll cry afterward. And uh, then we'll uh, finish up with some old transfer rumors. Okay, some some strange ones. So, guys, uh, I'll go ahead and play Edwards' instant match reaction for you now for the podcasters. Here we go. So, guys, uh, he seems pretty happy that Edward, despite being completely chilled to the bone, because that's what I heard. I heard it was the worst away end in terms of cold ever. Um, what, what do you guys, I mean, is that the kind of thing that, uh, I mean, is that, it seems like a pretty common away win reaction, you know, despite the weather, right? Mm. Yeah, I think that 
definitely. And I, I know he's saying what a game, certainly for, from what I see. And it wasn't the uh, the spectacle that he made it out to be. But I think um, given the conditions and um, the, the fact Stoke had 10 men made it difficult for us. Um, scoring in the last five, 10 minutes, it's always going to elate the away supporters, isn't it? So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems like a lot of that was we've been so miserable today. We're yeah. so happy that something has paid this off. And we don't have to regret our choice to be here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Plus, Jink Tosin's starting to pay off, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious question, because uh, I've never been to an away match. Uh, how do these fans, how do these chants start? You know what I mean? Like, is it no, really arbitrary? Back. How does that even work? It normally starts on the back of the coach somewhere, and then. Yeah. And it kind of. You know, almost floats through the uh, the fan base, and then everyone starts picking up on the lyrics if it's a good yeah. one, and everyone jumps on it, and then before you know it, uh, it's booming. That's amazing. You see, I've never been, I've never been around for the birth of a chant. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I've been the only games that I've been to where they actually like chant or sing at all. Uh, U.S. national team. There's a absolutely dedicated group of of supporters called the uh the american outlaws and basically yeah. they uh they they chant but it all it, a lot of the chants seem kind of grabbed from other places you know what i mean yeah uh so they've appropriated them from and kind of made them work uh which i you do see that often for teams kind of using other songs and stuff yeah. uh so yeah it's just kind of it's fascinating to me i don't know yeah. um so uh, we have we've kind of naturally been been progressing toward this. So let's let's get into our Stoke match reaction, our initial thoughts. Max, uh, initial thoughts. I'm sure you're going to comment on Adam's red card uh, and the, whether or not it was a red and all that kind of stuff. Well, what did, what did you think of that game? Well, I missed the first 45 minutes because you know I was busy with life. And, and and other things, but Life. the um, <laughs> the um, you know the the reactions that I was getting seeing on Twitter from from the fan base and and people who people who were reporting on the game that Everton were really underwhelming within at the in the first half. Um, I saw the the Davies chance, the free header, which really should have been in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, and I think particularly when you have chances like that, should they um, be goals cut and dry that it, add, it adds to the frustration. And um, I think I, I was watching Theo Walcott's po- post-match reaction and he said, you know, even though Adam did get sent off, which I do believe it was a red card because it was reckless, really reckless, two feet off the floor. And, you know, he had no arguments. He went straight down the tunnel. But um, and uh, he, it's Theo Walcott said, you know, we really experienced the the rougher side of Stoke. I know me and, me and Jerry were talking about it prior to the game that, Stoke are kind of stuck in between these two identities, and I think Everton really experienced the um, the, the the former Stoke mm-hmm. identity. Really, the kind of rough, um, clattered a man um, type of game. I think um, something that I really want to comment on was um, the, that first substitution. Where I, um, I know Davies did take a. 
good few heavy challenges, but that substitution was quite possibly the most bizarre substitution I think I've ever seen an Everton manager make in, in my lifetime. It, it, I, I still that's, couldn't really tell you. Yeah, it season. is. It really is. No, I, I, honest to God, I, I couldn't really pick up on where Calvert-Lewin was playing. I think he had a quite a poor game as well, by all accounts, but... The decision, you know, when you got Davy Classen on the bench as well, that that substitution really baffled me. But second half, I think we just carried on plugging away. Um, and I think, particularly again, I'll comment on it again. The fact that we've got Baines and Coleman back has been an absolute godsend. We don't realise how much we've missed them. Um, I think both of them are always involved, and it gives us another man pressing down the pressing down the wing. And mm-hmm. of, of course, Cheng Tosin. Um, not much more needs to be said about yeah. him. In. He can't play in the snow, apparently, but again, he scores, and he scores again. Yeah. David, what do you got, man? Yeah. Um, I was I was stuck watching the delights of uh, Yeovil v Coventry, and trust me, it was cold, and it's even worse when you're not watching Everton, you're stuck watching crew, let me tell you. So, yeah, but I did watch the game in the evening, I watched it back, the full game. I didn't know the score, but I just wanted to see how we played, and yeah, I... I'll be honest that yeah, it wasn't a great performance again. Um, it's the running theme, really. We still managed to pick results up even when we don't play that great at home. So to kind of do that away was was really good. Um, Tosin is just absolutely made up with that. I was chuffed because it, it kind of feels like at the moment, which you know, going back to the um, match reaction video Ed was recorded. You know, every I think everybody's just buzzing to have a have a striker again that they can really get behind and see like see him scoring goals and being a threat up top and a bit of a target man. And you know, we haven't had that since Lukaku, obviously. And even at times, it was it was strange with Lukaku because of the way the way his persona was and his attitude. So it's great to have Tosin doing that. You know, two massive goals that one was the game. Um, and we got a bit fortunate, I think, with the red card. It was a, it was a sending off, but you know, considering how long we haven't won away for, we only won that one away all season. I think we needed a little bit of luck, luck to get that first away win mm. and kind of get the monkey off our back a little bit. You know, as having the best part of an hour to play against ten men is perfect, really. Um, conditions weren't great, but you know, both teams are playing in the same conditions, so I suppose you can't use that. Uh, as too much of an excuse, but yeah, just a really big win. You know, we we were pretty pretty down about our chances of winning another way game all season. Stoke are fighting for the lives, so I'm happy happy to get that forty points as well. Yeah, and that's what I was going to mention was the conditions, and I feel like that was. I don't want to necessarily blame the sloppy play on both sides on the conditions, but I mean it's the obvious thing to point to, you know, uh, yeah. because I mean there were a lot of misplaced passes. By both teams. Yeah. Uh, it was really sloppy, <laughs> sloppy game. Um, I was delighted to get the win. I'll be honest. I was psyched. It was, it was my birthday weekend. And I just, turned, I just turned 40. And that happens. It was such a good day. Such, it just started the best day for me. You know, yeah. that happened, and then I went hiking with my family, and then the basketball team that I wanted to win that night won their game. And I was like, all the weekends of all my teams just shitting on my head, finally, yeah. you know, it, it turned around, and it felt so good, you know? Yeah. It was such a oh, it was such a wonderful day. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, I, I was just psyched that, that the ball bounced our way. 
You know, mm-hmm. that first goal didn't have to. You know, it, it, it was a pinball in there. It really was. And Tosin, Tosin, you know, by being in the right place and finishing strongly, he got the goal. It wasn't some amazing move by him. It was just brains and finish, you know. Mm-hmm. Now the second goal, holy hell, that header, yes. The crazy thing is what Tosin brings is what Kuman wanted so bad for us for yeah. so long. Mm-hmm. I think it's ironic that we finally get him way after Kuman's gone. Yeah, it's painful that we never made that sign in the summer because you do start asking. And I mean, you could, this whole year could be what what ifs, but mm-hmm. even stripping down everything else that's been negative, just having someone like Tosin there all year could have made the difference really between top seven and where we are now. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's just uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, one more word about the conditions. Uh, did you guys notice that? The Stoke grounds crew the goal cleared, cleared the goal off goal. their goal, but not ours. Just yeah. just so our keeper and defenders would slip down, and the ball would bounce crazy. Mm. Yeah, we do. We do. We do the same, though. Let's be honest. Do we really? We do the same. I've never seen that. So you would we know would. better than I would. I've uh, seen. I, know, I think we would. I, I've, I've, I've seen this excess water ring of the pitch. I've seen that on one half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that before, but don't know. Okay, then I don't feel as like then I because when I saw that, I'm like, oh Stoke, you've you've earned your crappy standing right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) But if we do it too, then you know I don't feel quite. Yeah, I feel kind of like a dick for feeling like that. Then so (laughs) I saw I saw quite a comical tweet after the game. I think it was from a journalist. Forgive me because I can't remember the name. It said um. Man of the match for the game was Nick Pope. I saw that. I saw that. You know, the two absolute um, blangers, really, from Butland and Pickford. But, I don't, you know, three points at the end. I feel of the like day. Pickford's was marginally. I, I don't really feel like it was that bad. Yeah, he should have come out. But it's, I don't know. I feel like that was a bit tight. Mm. Yeah. Did you see who lost his man? Who was actually on Chupa Moding? Who scored? Was it Baines? I think it was Baines. Yeah. As and you know what? I just want to be clear. I want to be really clear. Baines is a godsend, and I'm super happy he's back. Yeah. But he but he sort of lost his man there. Just saying. Yeah. He did. <laughs> um. So uh, and and Davies didn't really have the best game. Um, got himself in some good positions. Uh, took a lo- some hard shots. Yeah. Uh, he really did. Didn't didn't have his best game, um, and I will make a note that despite the bizarre substitution, um, our performance did get a little stronger after the sub was made. Um, yeah. Was he intending for Calvert Lewin to be more of a ten or to play like a second striker? Because it was yeah, weird I, the where his positioning was. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I, 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 yeah, I do. I do. Th- I do think that was the case, but. His performance, just, uh, I, I can see what you're saying. We did create a lot more chances when he came on the pitch. But, you know, if you think back to, you know, uh, I think there was one in particular where there was a great ball, I think it was by Rooney, a great ball was played by Rooney. Dude, dude, so Calvert. bad. And if the touch was perfect, he would have been, if the touch was fine, he would have been in, in through on goal. But I think he just completely cocked the, um, cocked the touch up and let us down big time. Um, there and, was, that, and that one pass that he didn't make, 
to Jim yeah, Tosin. That, one, that, that was yeah, another that was one. Tosin was on his hat trick as well. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the difference between like good plays and great plays for me because it's not always about scoring the goal. Sometimes it's just about creating a perfect goal. And yeah, yeah. That 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 was a real bad one. That the, him, Calvert Lewin, and Davies is just. It's hard. They are really inconsistent, aren't they? But that's that's youth, I suppose, isn't it? So it's really. It's really hard to get so much, yeah. give them so much stick um, because they are still young, but they are very consistent this season. Mm-hmm. Inconsistent, sorry. Yeah, I mean they're getting they're getting to play a lot. They're yeah. performing. I mean they're giving us quality minutes for the most part. Mm-hmm. They are. So I'd say I'm pretty pretty damn thankful they're here too. You know, I yeah. want them playing consistently. I think Davies right now has earned a little bit more minutes than DCL. Uh, yeah. DCO getting a little bit of time coming in. I think had he finished that one chance and squared that ball to Tosin, we'd be a lot more positive. But it's yeah. those clinical moments. You have to, you've got to take advantage of those. And he's young. The more times he's there, the more he'll do it. I feel fine about him. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, also, some, one other thing I wanted to mention about those changes, the tactical change there, it may not have had anything to do with DCL coming in. It may have had everything to do with the fact that we were playing against 10 men and they were getting more tired the way the, you know what I mean? So, the way mm-hmm. the game progressed. Because our goals happen later. And, and yeah. that's the way it usually works when you're playing against a team with 10 men. You know? Yeah. So, it may not have been tactical at all. It may have been very practical. Yeah. He is very energetic. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I guess uh, it, it made sense that they would get their only goal on a set play. Uh, that, that seemed like that was their best their best opportunities on set yeah, plays. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts on this, guys? Um, I, I'm psyched we got the win. I didn't really care that it was a little ugly. I just wanted an away win. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Especially when, when we let them come back into it, you know. How many times have we done that this year? And it could have been quite a frustrating result in the end. So I'm glad with that bit of quality from Tosin got us the win because we definitely needed it. And that would have been a real, not that there was much momentum before the game, but considering we won last week, that would have been a real momentum killer not winning that because there would have been no excuses. Very true. Mm. We thought it would be a good idea to have a conversation about Jinktosin, but not just about Jinktosin, but about the Turkish football fans, right? Because it's been well, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, he had a great game this weekend. If you if you've been living under a rock, uh, he had <laughs> he got two goals at the weekend. We won two one, wonderful times. Uh, and Edward, who is on our channel, posted an instant match reaction. You know, and they were chanting Tosin's name. That video got thirteen thousand views, and it's still counting. Um, yeah, and our our Tosin-based videos have a total of over twenty-five thousand views. Okay, the Turkish fans are really supportive of Tosin in the Premier League. Okay, mm-hmm. and hence they're mm-hmm. also really supportive of Everton. And I mean, our 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 subs for our channel are up. Thanks to uh, Tosin uh, supporters, the Turkish football fans. Uh, I mean, it's just been it's been great. There have been uh, calls. A lot of Everton supporters have said they want to see a, a Besiktas uh, Everton friendly, 
And a lot of Everton supporters have come out and said, look, I want to go to Besiktas and, and see a game. I want to see a match there. Uh, so it's beginning to be a reciprocal thing, which is, which is awesome. Uh, an affiliation, you'd probably call it. An affiliation. Yeah. Yes, an affiliation, yes. Uh, so uh, Edward, by the way, for the Tur- Turkish football fans who are watching, Edward has asked me to tell everybody thank you. The, the kind Turkish football fans have been watching all his stuff and, and subbing, and they've said a lot of nice stuff to him. So that's my message to you from him. He appreciates it. And uh, thanks, thanks for us as well, just saying. Um, so let's talk about this. Have you guys ever seen, uh, let's say, English fans feel that way about one of their own who has gone to another country and performed well? Um, no, because I feel like we're a lot more loyal towards our clubs rather than individual players, and I think it's a lot more common for for British to have ill wishes towards players who leave, particularly on bad terms, to to clubs in a different country, etc. But um, ju- just on the Turkish fans, I, I, I think the reason why it's su- such a a boom really is that. A lot of the, the the Turkish players that have played in the Premier League before were really um, early early to mid two thousands, and obviously the the phenomena of social media um, was still in its infancy, if not at all about at that time. So obviously, and of course, I think it a lot down to Cenk Tosin as a person and as a player. I think he's a very much beloved son of Turkish football in a way. Even rival fans seem to have a lot of love for him, and. Um, they see they're very passionate. I feel. I feel like they're probably a lot more passionate than the British in certain ways, and they seem to, you know, wear the club colours on the sleeve and the way they support Chengtos, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult to relate. I think for British players because not many end up going abroad. Mm. If you do, they don't necessarily represent kind of I don't know the the, the city that they've come from because. In England, certainly, you seem to do the rounds at many clubs before you almost break it through to the first team. Um, and then, as Max said, if, if if they leave, chances are it hasn't been on the best of terms. But, you know, Besiktas is a massive club. Um, and I think the only, maybe, to know, annoyingly for them, you know, they're, they're always there, European platform every year, but maybe because the Turkish League isn't as strong as the Premier League, that they kind of have to accept that some of these great players like Tosin might end up coming to England. But I think the way they react to it's perfect. You know, they're not bitter about it. They don't they don't hate the player, don't hate the club they're going to. If anything, they embrace it. Yeah. You know, they, they understand in their own right. They're a massive club, but maybe that the league isn't the best. So, you know, some players do come to play the trade in England, which is considered one of the best leagues. So, yeah, it's great that they embrace it and, we thoroughly enjoyed it, haven't we? When we've seen them come up on the uh, on the comments and the views, it's been great. And said I, I, I had a little soft spot for Besiktas anyway when they knocked Liverpool out of the uh, yeah. Europa League a couple of years ago. I enjoyed that one. So, I mean, this is fantastic. Thoroughly enjoying seeing them popping up all over our timeline. Mm. See, it's the unity that their country seems to have about the sport. It's like if one of their own goes out, it, it, it brings up the entire the, – the football of the entire nation. 
Yeah. You know, it's not just that, hey, it brings Besiktas up. It's also Turkish football. Yeah. And it's it's amazing because I, I do think, like like you said, David, I do think they realize the Premier League, more money in that league, stronger league overall if you go from top to bottom. Although I will yeah. say there are some Turkish teams that can definitely would definitely be stronger than some of the Premier League teams, yeah. if I'm going to be honest. That is the case. Uh, and I do think Turkish League is slowly growing in terms of strength. Mm, you know, yeah. you you see that when you see Besiktas, uh, you know, do well in Champions League. Um, I actually think that first game, if they hadn't gotten that quick red card, I think had that been a tighter game, the second game would have also been tight. Um, mm. I don't know. I just, I think they're an exciting, fun team to watch. But they're not the only team who's done well in Champions League in the past. You'd seen Galatasaray yeah. play well in Champions League as well. Um, so, uh, I was trying to think of an American athlete who we would compare to this and get really excited about, you know, uh, I, I immediately jump (laughs) to Lance Armstrong, but I can't really do that anymore. Can I, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, the closest thing I can think of currently is Christian Pulisic at Dortmund. Yeah. Who is good? He's yeah. really good. And we admit that MLS is not as good as Bundesliga because mm-hmm. we're, we, we have brain one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like We have a brain, so we know that. Um, but the problem is, the difference is that football is not the big sport in America. So it's not mm-hmm. this wild, unbridled passion we have some people like I follow Dortmund. I watch Dortmund play because of Pulisic. I do. Yeah. You know, my kid watches sometimes. You know, um, I, but I also watch Leipzig for Lookman. But that's another story. But, but but the thing is, like, I I get the sentiment. I get where it's coming from, and I do think it raises up American football when mm-hmm. he does well. I get that, yeah. and I'm passionate about it. But it's not my whole country. Mm. You know. Yeah. I think, in a sense, uh, particularly in the case of Pulisic at Dortmund, he, he almost becomes a poster boy for the country, you know. And I think that's similar to what it is with, with Tosin at the minute. Really, mm-hmm. um, you were saying how impassioned they are about about football, and I think the the proof of that is Everton. As, as soon as Tosin came in, Everton set up a Turkish official account, and yeah. the numbers on that account yeah. of absolutely rocketed because uh, I mean it's very central to Tosin and everything that Tosin does but you know the, it's a market that we've really tapped into well and it, it's brilliant you know it, it shows the club has the initiatives to acknowledge things like this and take advantage of it but of course as I say it, it's great to see such support and it's it genuine support as well it's um, it's not just specific to Tosin because um, we've we've saw you know when it when it when he first come in and he struggled to get into the team you know the um, the Cetas fans were very uh, critical in, in, in her and rightly so because we we were just as critical and mm-hmm. you know it just goes to show they are real football and brains they're not just um, impassioned fans they're That's really right. you know um, clued in about the game and know what they see and they were very critical of the service he was getting. Uh, That's yeah. the only thing I've found a little bit frustrating that they've come in when we've been so poor you yeah. know loved us yeah. to be at the level I think we should be and we have been previously and then you know the stuck watching us putting in these <laughs> performances under under Allardyce but hopefully they stick around and long enough to see us being something more than that 
And I think they understand that. A lot of times what you see is they mention tactics and they mention lack of service. And a lot of times it's due to tactics. And and that's that makes sense. And I think we'd all agree with that for the most part. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's tough for a, for a big a big target man who uh, is great one-touch finisher uh, to get a lot of goals if he's not being given anything or if he's being isolated up there by himself. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, whew, man, I, I've just been – I just haven't seen anything like it before. I really haven't. You know, I, I mean, what, the uh, U.S. curling team at the Olympics? Mm-hmm. I, I, we just don't have anything like this. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing, and it's yeah. it's it's very clear that that they. I mean, they have some other really good players from their country, who have been, who are are currently in other leagues. You yeah. know, uh, in, in Serie A, in uh, Bundesliga. I mean, there are good players from Turkey in those leagues, yeah. um, and I think just the idea of making sure they're fairly represented in those leagues because they have talent. I mean, yeah. right now, Cenk Tosun is the only Turkish player in the Premier League. There's no others, mm-hmm. which is kind of fascinating to me. But because of this, there's going to be more. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely going to be more. So I'm glad we're the ones that took the, took the chance on, on one right now. Uh, it's really cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've had people from uh, Turkish football fans sending me direct messages on Twitter and all kinds of stuff. It's just... They're for real, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, guys, do you have uh, any other thoughts on this? Uh, it's it's just it's the kind of thing I haven't seen a lot of in my life. It's just a unique. Yeah, Tolson Passa. Yes. <laughs> or the way I've got <laughs> Snowsun Pasha. That's right. My wordplay is is shameful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get my coat. Uh, anyway, I guess that's it for our. I mean, I, I don't really have a clever name for this. The uh, Everton Tosun Besiktas phenomenon. Yeah, that's the best thing I got. All right, guys. So there has been a a new little story that came out in Ohogo, or maybe it's Ojogo in uh, in Portugal. Uh, but basically it's Fonseca stuff, more Fonseca. Um, yeah. And I'm fine with speculation about Fonseca. Bring it. You know, I just don't know if this is really, uh, based on anything. So we'll see. But the words is you hear a lot of rumors that we've identified him as a target and, and we've been talking to him already. La la la. Apparently, I mean, that happened in November. Um, but Ohogo says that Fonseca fancies his chances in the Premier League in English football, and also mentioned that it also mentioned were PSG. They're not in England, but apparently they're they're considering him as well. Uh, it's a, it, that's a huge opportunity, but again, it's in France. Uh, but they don't mention a fresh approach from Everton, right? Um, but uh, yeah, supposedly the word is that Fonseca has supposedly put signing a new two-year contract at Shakhtar on hold. So, I. Uh, does this mean anything? Potentially. I, I, you know, I think if you look at his Instagram page, it, 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 as far as I know, it's a genuine Instagram page of his. Yeah, I believe so. But um, people always comment on it with Everton-related content that he likes personally. And it, to some, that may sound so petty, but I don't know. I, I, why would you do that unless you was interested in 
I, I, I think the Premier League is like the holy grail, isn't it, for managers? So, like, while we're not an elite club in the league, are we? We're certainly the next tier down, uh, even despite this year. So, I think he's definitely interested and, you know, I think it's a very viable option that would be good for both parties. Relating to that, I want... We need to check out if he's liking posts about other clubs. Mm, yeah, that's something. Yeah. Let's let's not go half, um, like detective here. Let's just go full blown Sherlock Holmes, yes. like Jerry said. Yeah, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's tap into some of my <laughs> obsessive tendencies and let's check out. Well, it's unhealthy for me, but good for you guys as far as information. <laughs> I just happens to yeah. uh, hack his web, uh, websites and social media. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, all his online activity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you mentioned um, the, the potential PS, PSG link there, I think um, even if that, if that is the case, I'd be more than happy if Everton approached Unai Emery. Uh, um, yeah. I think he was absolutely fantastic at Sevilla. Um, yeah. To be honest, I'm, I'm feeling relatively happy with the, the options that, that seem to be slowly unravelling as available towards this summer. And um, I think, obviously, the, the two main front runners, uh, Marco Silva and Fonseca, which and I, I, I'm, I'd be happy with Silva. I know a lot of people might disagree with that, but I'm, le- I'm leaning more towards Fonseca, obviously, due to his experience with Shakhtar, you know, winning titles, always involved in the Champions League. But again, if, if that obviously the, the the proposition of managing PSG, I'm, I'm sure he'd jump at that if he was proposed it. And obviously, if that leaves you and I, Emery without a job, then um, we know Mashiri likes going towards big names. Mm-hmm. And I certainly feel like that should be one that we tap up. I agree. Yeah, I think there are there are people getting a little carried away saying that because because Big Sam is has some wins. They're thinking if we end up in seventh, that that he's going to keep his his place. Um, I think l- last Friday or last Thursday, Max and I did a video talking about how he was Mushiri was interested in Moyes, but he didn't appoint Moyes because he didn't think that the fans would support that movement. So, I think if Mushiri <clears throat> is really caring about being tapped into the fans. Mm. There's going to be some kind of managerial change uh, this summer, if not in May, you know, which I, I guess sort of is the summer. Yeah, <laughs> hair splitting time. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I agree, Max and David. I, there's going to be there's going to be some good options, you know. And I I'm going to be I'm probably going to be okay with with any of them that we get. I'm really excited. So. Uh, but yeah, and, but honestly, right now Zorro is going to be at the front of my of my list. Yeah, and it's it, top of my list as well. Yeah, right on. You you guys have been Everton supporters for quite some time, so usually when we do a Remember Me video, uh, I. I tend to lean on your experience and expertise. But in this Remember Me video, I know something about this player. All right? Mm-hmm. I bring, I br- actually bring something to the table, which is so <laughs> rare here. Uh, but you guys, I, believe it or not, I actually never watched him when he played for Everton. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let me quickly run down this guy's uh, career. Oh, by the way, we're talking about Landon Donovan. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's on. It's 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 it, you know you knew. You know, it's in the description. You knew. So, so uh, apparently in 1999, he was with Bayer Leverkusen. All right? He started with their, their younger team. They moved up to the senior team. Uh, and between 2001 and 2004, he was loaned out to the San Jose Earthquakes. For, for them, they, he had 70, 87 appearances and 32 goals during that little span. Uh, then he moved to the LA Galaxy, where he was there from 2005 to 2014. All right? Now... Some of those years he was on loan. We'll talk about that in a minute. But for the Galaxy, he had 253 appearances and 113 goals, all right, which is solid. Um, Good to say. Oh, yeah. The, uh, in 2009, he was loaned to <clears throat> Bayern Munich. That, that happened, which yep. also is kind of awesome. Uh, he only had six appearances and no goals, but it happened. Uh, yeah. 2010, he was with the Blues. Huzzah. All right, didn't have a lot of goals, but he had two uh, two good ones. All right, played played pretty well, um, and then he went back to LA, and then he came back to Everton in 2012. He ended up with seven appearances and actually had uh, seven assists. I think uh, not not quite as stellar of a, of a second run, I think, as the first one. And there was a time where we actually wanted to make it permanent, I believe, mm. uh, but. LA Galaxy was like, nope, we need him. So uh, then in 2015, he retired. No kidding. He retired, but then he came back. Played for the LA Galaxy for a year, and then he retired again in 2017. And then guess what? He unretired again. Now plays with Leon in Mexico. Uh, He's got six appearances, no goals yet. But he's playing, and I think it's great. All right, so... So, guys, uh, really quick thoughts on Landon Donovan when he played for Everton. Who wants to start? David, you want to start? Max has been starting lately. Um, it's funny. Even with a, a fairly solid CV, before he come, I only knew him as the guy who fell out with David Beckham while at LA Galaxy. <laughs> I remember that, but the, I think he made a few comments about kind of Beckham getting all the air. Uh, all the headlines at LA Galaxy, um, but then he come and he, I thought he was fantastic. Like I, I really fell in love with him. Um, you know, he, he's one of these players that would never seem to be fantastic at one particular thing, but he's just an all-round good player. Mm. You know, he come in and had an instant impact. I can't remember if he, I don't know if he scored on his debut. Maybe I'm getting carried away there, but I just remember them playing really well, uh, and he just had such a good spell with us. And then obviously he come again, played well again, and yeah, that, everybody was hoping we could get him um, on a permanent. It didn't work out, um, but I love that he really embraced the club. You know, um, I had him on Twitter, then although it was going back a few years, obviously you got to see the kind of things he was saying and doing at the time. And I remember him dressing as his young kids in Everton kits, even when he'd gone back over to LA, and he just really fell in love with Evertonians in Goodison Park and. I mean that that that's what it's all about, you know. Everton fans love nothing more than that type of character, and he, he was fantastic. Yeah, but I, th- I think with Landon Donovan, he, he was just he was one of those players who got it, you know. Um, but I think I remember one of his first comments where I think it was to um, 
Tim Howard when he said, you know, they've, they've given me the number nine shirt. So straight away, he kind of understood the responsibility that was put on his shoulders. And then what, back going back to what David said earlier, you know, he seemed to be one of these all-rounders, which I think fitted in with the kind of industrial nature of the Moyes side at the time. Um, I think we played them predominantly down round the, the right-hand side. And um, I th- if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure his first game was that game against Arsenal in the snow away at the Emirates where Pienaar got the chip. I, I might be going out on a limb with that one, but I think that might have been his first appearance and I think he played absolutely brilliantly. I don't think he scored, but I just, cause I just remember him saying one of his first things he said was, you know, flying over from LA, sunny beaches, first thing he landed in England and it was covered in snow. Yeah. Um, yeah, you might be right. I know people will be watching it screaming and I was saying it was this game or yeah. it wasn't game. Yeah. You know? So I apologise in advance. I know if, if it wasn't if that wasn't his first game, it was certainly one of the first games. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, because I, I thought his debut was good or something, but I, I just can't remember. But I just remember being really impressed with him. Mm. Yeah, uh, US national team, he had 157 appearances with 57 goals. Okay, I I was really kind of agitated. No, I was agitated. I was kind of pissed when he retired. Uh, he had a, mm-hmm. another falling out. So I guess he's fallen out with with a lot of people. Yeah. But with Klinsmann, yeah, mm-hmm. he he. Uh, when you when you hear interviews with him, he's direct and he states his opinion. And he's kind of blunt at times. There are times where I where I don't like his bluntness, and I, I wish he. He wasn't as direct, but he's that's his style. That's actually the way he plays as well. Mm-hmm. He plays mm-hmm. very direct. He's you know, slashes through incisive passes. He's a direct player. Um, and he's smart. He, he knows yeah. where to be to get the goals. I think the yeah. goal that I think of when I think Landon Donovan is his goal against Algeria in the World Cup. Uh, just He's had some famous goals for U.S. national team. And yeah. the, the real shame... <clears throat> Is that he is still playing right now, and he's you know what I mean, and he could have been, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a shame when you think here's this guy who's who's I, I don't iconic maybe taking it a bit far for U.S. No, soccer, I, but he was he was our best player for many. No, I, years. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. There, I was just going to say, you know, we, 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 you know, you mentioned that is in playing for Leverkusen and for playing for Munich again. That kind of reinforces the. German-American connection. We were talking about Pulisic earlier, but I, I feel that during that time period, Landon Donovan really was the poster boy for mm. US soccer. And yeah, I, I well, don't the think the Stuart Holden wasn't there. They were kind of internationals over in the Premier League because you remember mm-hmm. Stuart Holden was at Bolton when he was still a Premier League so yeah. before he had that leg break. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't think you're far fetched there at all, Colin McConnick. I think he certainly was. Yeah, he's a. Uh... He's just one of those I, I think about him, and I, I immediately am thinking, oh, what could have been, mm. you know? Because he is a smart player, and he he could have adapted his game kind of the way Rooney has adapt, adapted his game, a little bit yeah. in the way Clint Dempsey has Clint Dempsey has started to adapt his game, uh, passing more, getting his head up more, not trying to outrun people. Trying yeah. to, to play with their brain and with their vision, they already were smart players, but just kind of depend on that more. You get more longevity, longevity out of your career when you do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think he he could have done that. Uh, I haven't watched him play for Leon yet, although I do watch Mexican league games. Uh, I'm a nerd, 
and they're fun. What do you do interesting watching football, Jerry? You watch Bundesliga, the Premier League, Mexican League, American <laughs> League. I've watched I've watched Concacaf Champions League. They come mm-hmm. on at like 10 p.m. at night on the Spanish language channel here, mm-hmm. and I watch them with the Spanish language. It's just great. They are they have like the best commentators. They're amazing. They like never stop speaking. It's <laughs> it's brilliant, and I I do understand some of it. Believe it or not, twelve years of Spanish, yeah. I better. So, but uh, but yeah, I, it's I haven't watched him play yet. I was really psyched. I thought it was a bold move. It's such a bold move to say, you know yeah. what, I'm going to come back, and I'm not going to come back in a comfort zone. I'm going to go over here. You know, yeah. is he still involved with the board at Swansea? Do you know, I I thought he was. Yeah, I haven't heard anything that. new about that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, not too yeah. sure. There's some strange board at Swansea connections. Yeah, you know. Is. And if you want an even stranger list, this is a little off topic. But look at the new LAFC team, uh, MLS mm. team. Look at their list of owners sometime. All right, it's just so many famous names you would not believe it. Like yeah, film producers, actors. Yeah. Will Ferrell's on that list, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's yeah. Swansea is not quite as ridiculous in terms of their personnel and their owners list, but yeah, he's on there. Um, so anyway, but uh, yeah, he, he's one of those. I I, I, I kind of got angry when he when he was gone. So I'm yeah. glad he's back, but he's not going to play for the national team anytime soon, no matter who the manager is. He's just older, and right now the U.S. team is like we need them to be 18 or less. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's going to be another four years. So, um, if you could compare him to a current Everton player, is there anybody at all? I hate that question. Oh no! I always do it because I I like it. I don't know why. It's fascinating. Um, Seamus Coleman. I know it's a little bitch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Shells. Interesting. That was not one I would have guessed. Wow. Yeah. That's who cool. would you compare him to, Jerry? Are you going to say Nias? No, no. I think he's way more skilled than Nias. Yeah, definitely. I think I he's got a lot it. better I vision than Nias. the eyebrows going, I thought. Not Nias. No, it? no. It's, the problem is I don't really have much of an answer. That's the issue, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, I see him a little bit of... Uh, no, I don't think he's that good at taking on a man as Adamella Lookman. Um, you know what I mean? And he's not quite as quick, but he is quick. You know, and I think he's got maybe got better vision than Lookman right now. I'm trying to think of a small wing slash center player who who actually, you know, I, I don't think Sigurdsson matches. I, it's just tough. You know, yeah. I, I would I was trying to think of a forward place player, kind of like a Walcott, but he doesn't have a, the speed of Walcott. No, Take no. the speed away from Walcott and it's very close to Landon Donovan. Actually, you know, because yeah. he doesn't have the power of Belasi. He doesn't have the power of the ball as of Vlasic. Yeah, I mean, I'm running out of players here, guys. Mm. You know, because <laughs> as far as being like a number 10 character, we don't have a 10 that really plays like him. No, you know, no. Davies is not doesn't play like him because Davies really he isn't said, really a 10, but he's sort of playing like it now. Yeah, he was like a winger for those really Donovan. Yeah. yeah. So he's a strange he's a strange character in terms of where you play him. You know, he's got the vision of a ten, but the skill set of a uh, of a wing, uh, yeah. winger. So yeah, it's weird. Um, dang, I didn't think you'd turn that around on me. 
was gonna I was gonna trust you guys' insight on that one. <laughs> um, and so, as far as your favorite U.S. players, how does he rank? U.S. Everton oh, players. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> in terms of longevity, I, I'd still give it Howard because although it turns Howard with Howard, yeah. he still gives us a lot of service, and he was another one who really fell in love with the club. Um, but yeah, he's up there definitely. He's probably in there after Howard for me. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a bit too young for to be saying Joe Max Moore or Brian Max McBride. Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I think how how I mean I've got my own personal reason because I've met. Tim Howard several times and he's, he's one of the nicest men in football that I've ever met. Um, yeah. So, but Tim Howard definitely top of that list for <laughs> Landon Donovan close second. Yeah. The closest I've come to Tim Howard was when I went to the national team game in Columbus and and I was about 20 rows up and I took a picture and he was like a little tiny dot. <laughs> Couldn't even see him. I had to like zoom in for anybody to see it. That's the closest I've been to Tim Howard. So, yes, more envy. Yeah, can't help it. Uh, yeah, I'd say Tim Howard as well. I agree. Uh, agreed. And I, I, I don't think he should have been started the last, starting the last two, maybe three years when he that he was at Everton. Um, I was just screaming for someone else to get an get an opportunity. Um, I guess Martinez like. Owed yeah, him money he, he was, or just was in love with him. You know he was I mean? grossly mismanaged towards the end of his Everton career. Yeah. I didn't think that was too fair for him. Tim Howard, though, if you give if you take like 30 shots on game at him, he'll be great. Yeah. He'll be great, you know? But one or two shots on game, that's where he was struggling. He didn't have the same. He almost needs his concentration to link to his explosive, you know, instincts. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's all. For our and, and yeah, we were talking about Tim and Howard. Now it's Landon Donovan who we're talking about, actually. So that's it for our Landon Donovan segment. We're going to finish up the show with some old transfer rumors that the kind admin at the Toffee Blues website has sent our way. All right, his name begins with a J. So uh, here's some old transfer rumors. Uh, we're going to start. With uh, August 24th, 2010, a bizarre article links Peter Crouch to Everton. Uh, it was a strange article in The Guardian, uh, and it was hard to tell what was actual like actual information and what was a joke. Uh, the, the, the line that actually linked Crouch to Everton, I don't know, it was oddly worded when it was, it was talking about him being so desperate to be able to, to go to Everton. It was strange. It was really weird. But apparently... It was an article linking him to us. Who was he at at the time at Tottenham? Spurs. Yeah. yeah. See, I actually do remember that one and being like, mm, yeah, you probably mm-hmm. take that. I'm, I'm just thinking, what were, what were our um, striking options at the time? Joe and each of the... Louis Saha. Louis, yeah, Louis Saha. I was a fan of that. At I the like time, him. he probably would have took it. He was a good player. Those years where he was at Portsmouth and um, Spurs... And I think obviously his his, his missus is from Liverpool, isn't she? So maybe it was a, a way of getting back to Merseyside. Yeah, he stayed with Spurs in two th- until uh, two thousand eleven, and then yeah. he went to Stoke. So uh, I guess this was that was kind of the beginning of him thinking about uh, leaving. So yeah. um, next in two thousand and ten, 
apparently, uh, May, this was in uh, May of 2010, though. Moyes was keeping an eye on Craig Bellamy, who at the time was at Man City. Uh, he ended up going to Cardiff on loan and then later to the shite. Um, yeah. But Moyes uh, apparently was was liking him when he was at City. Yeah, that, that is peak Moyes, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, that is. He broke my heart, Craig Bellamy. I'll never forget that, right? The FA Cup semi-final. Last few minutes, he gets the free kick to plant right on top of Andy Carroll's head. And did, I just came off the bench. Free kick, did he? Yeah, he took the free kick. I remember, I remember every little detail about it because it was quite possibly the worst moment in my life. <laughs> James, was it, it was Seamus Coleman that gave that free kick away, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just about forgive him, I think. <laughs> so, uh, lastly, uh, this one is going to go back a little farther. Uh, no, go back a little further. See, you got my farther and further right. Uh, hey. Yay, language nerd. So... Uh, <laughs> But um, this was an interesting one. Uh, this was a time when uh, James Milner of Newcastle was supposedly topping Moyes' uh, transfer list, and uh, João Moutinho of Sporting was going to cost £20 million. Uh, but uh, apparently Everton were also offered Henrik Larsson on a free from uh, Helsingborg. All right. He was a former Barcelona Celtic striker, but he also spent a year on loan at Man U. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, interesting prologue. Later, he ended up managing Helsingborg, which is interesting because the reason he was offered to us in the first place was he had fallen out with the chairman at Helsingborg, but he ended up managing them in like I think 2016 or something. And apparently, he decided to leave the club shortly after. Some angry supporters attacked him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, first and foremost, it shows the player pull there, getting rid of the manager. But then um, that was another one that I remember thinking I'd take that because he, he was really successful at United. I don't know the stats, but he, he did do well in that year. Um, and we Around that stage, we were just kind of always seemed to be in for a striker, any striker with yeah. Money. So it'd always be like yeah, because it it, it seemed to be the days where Tim Kyle was always playing as like a false nine. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I remember that very well. And uh, and yeah, that's it for our old transfer rumors. There's always uh, always some weird stuff going on in those. Uh, so guys, hey, that's that's it for the big show. All right, uh, thanks so much. Uh, if you're uh, if you're listening via podcast, which you are. Why did I even say that? I'm not recording via video. <laughs> so, you've been listening to the Toffee Blues podcast. Thank you very much. Please subscribe to our podcast. Rate it if you can. Leave us leave us a nice review if you just if, if the, the spirit wills you to. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Say something about how soothing Max's voice is. You know, he just he just did a weird face. Probably gonna blush in a minute. But. Uh, <laughs> I was just making something up as I went. <laughs> yeah, uh, should, have just, should have took the compliment. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, leave us leave us any of that if you'd like. Uh, please check out uh, David's stuff on the Sportsman and on the Toffee Blues website. Additionally, Max is on the Toffee Blues website. They both have a lot of analysis on there. Uh, yeah, 
match previews and just, yeah, other stuff. Uh, check out uh, the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Lots of stuff on there. Everything Everton, you'll see it on there. I think that's enough plugging. I have nothing else to plug. All right? Good job today, guys. Thanks for your time. For Max, for David, for me. That's all. Bye. Thanks. What's funny is I wasn't recording, so no one will even see that. I really just did the flip for myself.